Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 120. I'm Brayden. I'm Dan. And the rest of the guys are dead. Uh, We've written them off the show. They're done. They're out. Uh, just kidding. Today we got an awesome interview lined up for you. It's not going to be the same case file you used to. Uh, we interviewed Doug Serignano and his book, American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups. Really nice guy. Um, very, uh, quite the staunch Trump supporter. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, uh, very nice to talk with. And he opened to... Uh, other ideas so it was a, it was a fun interview yeah doug uh his book we talked about it and um it's mostly a, a compilation of interviews he's got some of his stuff in it um i know we've got it in the it's going to be in our meat draw package. it's already been already been, already sent, been sent out, out. uh so andy taylor's cool. getting a copy so yeah if you don't have it, it it's a pretty cool read he interviews some great experts who have been um, kind of following the leads. They've been developing their own theories about what happened. Um, great bits about the uh, Pearl Harbor being one of the, the greatest false flags ever perpetrated. Um, JFK assassination, all kinds of great stuff in there. And we had a great time talking with Doug. Um, really super nice guy. We we had this, we did this interview over pod week. Uh, so I got the chance to sit down with the book in studio, was kind of perusing it. And I really, I read a couple of them, but I was really intrigued and kind of captured by the JFK interview, just because it's such an interesting topic and it's one that I've always been really interested in. So I really like honed in on that one. Uh, very interesting stuff. I actually learned a couple things I didn't already know. Yeah, um, a lot of the interviews uh, w- with the experts of these people, the conspiracy theorists, like they've taken a lot of connections and weaved them together into uh, a pretty, pretty convincing narratives that uh, kind of fit pieces together and kind of take, um, you know, maybe varying reports around that time or kind of strange events that happened, um, or, you know consecutively or around the same time and they they put it all together and it's like hey this this kind of some of this might have legs uh it was a really fun interview and don't worry you're not gonna miss andrew and zell because they're both on it and why don't we send it over to that interview now Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing, very special pod week event. Uh, today, we're having a very special guest with us, interviewer and author Douglas Sirignano. Uh, his uh, his work has appeared on Infowars.com, PrisonPlanet1.com, Disinformation.com, a load of other websites. Um, his Twitter is at US Conspiracies, and we're here to talk about his recent book, recently published book american conspiracies and cover-ups oh yeah so doug thanks. welcome thanks, thanks, thanks doug. for well, joining us welcome to the show thanks for having me I, you guys got a successful show so i appreciate being here hey and thanks for thanks for taking the time to uh, set up skype something you don't, don't normally use for uh, for the live stream here for us so we appreciate it yeah. <laughs> and doug was also just before we get going 
Uh, Doug was very kind to uh, set us up with a book to give out as a raffle. So if you're a $10 supporter or more, uh, starting next month, we're going to be having raffles. And one of the things you could win is your own copy of American Conspiracies and Cover-Ups. Booyah. All right. So how do we, how do we want to start this? Want us to ask rapid fire some questions at you and you need to take it away or? Yeah, why don't you start with questions? Uh, that'd be good. All right. Well, uh, we'll go with a couple a couple uh, pre-given to us by your publicist. Just we'll start it off slow and then we'll, we'll work in some little bit, uh, little bit tougher stuff just, as we go. Okay. Can I just say my book is a book of interviews and I got some of the most famous uh, conspiracy theory authors in the world. Uh, Jim Mars on the New World Order and Jim uh, Griffin on the Federal Reserve. Yep. And, um, uh, Noam Chomsky and uh, about nine others. And it's published by Skyhorse Publishing, probably the biggest publisher of uh, conspiracy theory literature. So I think that's what makes it interesting. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. So Dan, uh, Dan you want to start off with one there? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to get into first talking about, uh, I think your book has come out at the right time. Um Definitely conspiracy theories are becoming, it's pretty much undeniable. Conspiracy theories are becoming more popular in popular culture. Yeah. Do you think that, do you agree on that? Do you- no, um, like because of the internet, I think and so much information has spread because of the internet. I think, even though it's been around for a while, I think it's slowly growing, growing more. And also Donald Trump believes in a lot of the conspiracy theories. And, uh, I think maybe that's another reason that, uh, my books may be coming out at the same time because he, uh, I think he's a product of the internet, really. He got all his information from the internet, it seems. And uh, that's another reason why my book is coming out at the right time. And you go over some of the conspiracy theories that Trump believes in. Like he believes uh, vaccines can be dangerous. He believes elections can be stolen. And he believes in all of them, really. And I think, you know, Trump's got a lot of faults, but I think uh, he might have the right political instincts. I think he's not a professional politician. So I think he's, he could be good for the country. I know you guys are from Canada. Though. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we we get all the same news up here, though. We just yeah. don't we just don't have to live in the political turmoil. <laughs> no. <laughs> For you the get, most part, you get all the news and just like <laughs> have to deal with it. <laughs> we hear we hear it all, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't affect us as much as our uh, southern counterparts. You would say. Yeah. Yeah. But, so uh, what 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 got you on this train? What got you on down the down the rabbit hole of investigating all these like wide conspiracies throughout the American government? Well, you know, I grew up in the 70s. I think maybe part of counterculture back then it was a spirit to like question the establishment, you know? So, and then in 1979, I, I started getting this underground alternative newspaper called The Spotlight, which was, uh, I believe it was the publication of the John Birch Society. I think they actually get a lot of things right. You know, it talked about how the Trilateral Commission and Council on Foreign Relations run the government, how the Federal Reserve and all the central banks are privately owned and they're it's a corrupt banking system. And how, you know, the big bankers want to have a big brother world government through the United Nations. So I, I got into it through that uh, underground alternative newspaper way back in 1980. Then with the advent of the Internet, maybe I got into it even more because there's so much information on this stuff on the Internet. Right. And with all the information that's out on the Internet, um, I think it's really becoming more and more difficult to source I guess, correct information, if you could say like accurate information, like, um, how do you see like the internet in in terms of, uh, like truthfulness? Like, how would you, 
if I go onto the internet, is everything on the internet 100% truth? No, no, no. You, you, I think you, you have to check everything, you know, don't just believe it because it's on the internet. You know, you can check it, check it out. And there's probably a lot of BS on the internet. Yeah. Right. But you can, you know, you can research it pretty effectively to see if stuff is true or not, you know? Yeah. And I think we've seen a lot in the news recently about, you know, uh, information manipulation, uh, propaganda, those kinds of things. Um, uh, We've been talking about recently, even over the last couple of days, we've been talking about the Internet Research Agency, uh, you know, the Russian funded troll farm, Internet troll farms uh, funded other places like, you know, uh, you know, Eastern Eastern Russia and Ukraine. who do you think right now, I, I think uh, part of one of the questions is to talk about uh, media manipulation. Who do you think controls? Do, do you think there's a, there's an overarching. Uh, uh, yeah. Over, over media? Yeah. Yeah. Like over the internet, like who, who controls that information? The Who do you think has the most influence over the information that we see now? Well, the mainstream media, I think it might be the council on foreign relations is a very powerful think tank. And ever since the 1920s, the most important media outlets have been controlled by people from the Council on Foreign Relations. These are the guys who want a big brother government. And also the CIA has a lot of influence over the mainstream media. And, uh, you know, that was proven there was a church committee investigation back in the 70s. And they found out that the CIA has so much influence over the media. And a lot of people are being manipulated by the CIA. So I think it's the CFR and the CIA, in my opinion. Okay. And those, those are the biggest players on like manipulating mass media to push the masses in the direction that's desired for them. I also heard 90% of uh, journalists are leftists, you know, so uh, it seems like it might be a uh, globalist uh, leftist agenda also. Like, you know, yeah. so the CIA and Council on Foreign Relations have a lot of influence over that. But I interviewed uh, Noam Chomsky about that. You know, he's a famous, very famous professor. Yep. Uh, he doesn't believe it's a conspiracy. He, he believes, you know, there's only six corporations that own the media, basically. And so uh, it's always going to protect the interests of the big corporations. And the interests of the corporations are the same interests of the government. That's how he sees it. Well, I tried to convince him on CIA and uh, Council on Foreign Relations also. <laughs> right. Now, I know you, you said uh, you believe the CIA has a lot of influence and stuff. What about now um, with Russia and that? Do you think there's a lot of meddling from outside countries? Because this is such a powerful tool to influence people that other countries are beginning to use it maybe as efficiently as the CIA has historically used it on. Oh, perhaps, you know, uh, I don't know absolutely everything about it, but I personally think that. Um, all this Russia stuff is probably propaganda and nonsense that they're trying to uh, trying to destroy Trump because Trump is anti-establishment. He's anti-Washington establishment. So I don't think he colluded with Russia. So I think that's uh, propaganda coming from CIA and uh, Council on Foreign Relations. I don't know how much influence uh, foreign countries might have in the media, but I think a lot of uh, that Russian influence is... Uh, is propaganda nonsense to try to destroy Trump. Well, not, not so much. I'm, I'm not talking like mainstream media in the United States, say like, you know, CNN and stuff like that. But even if you just think about targeted ads on Facebook and stuff, because those can be bought from anywhere, anywhere, any person with really no record of who's buying what and, and for when and for who and 
you can target these ads. So Facebook and uh, um, Twitter and uh, Google, they're all uh, influenced by globalist leftists. It seems they, you know, if you go on there and you try to support Trump, if you try to talk about conspiracies, then they'll, uh, they'll try to destroy your account there. They'll uh, kick you off Facebook, kick you off Twitter. You know, I think it's a, uh, the conspiracy to have a one world government, a big brother government, and uh, the Illuminati is behind it all. You know, you guys know the Illuminati? Yeah, it's oh, a very, yeah. Oh, yeah, very, very, very popular term amongst uh, theorists nowadays. They want to have a big brother world government, so that's sort of socialist, leftist, globalist stuff. So they're going to, uh, they don't want nationalists, they don't want, um, you know, uh, conservatives, because that's uh, uh, supporting individual governments over uh, globalism. So, um, they all seem to be uh, influenced by the left. Right. Right. So, so who do you, if the, if the left or these corporations are, are taking too much, you know, they're putting too much influence over our, our media consumption and uh, the media that we're exposed to, like what, who do you think should control the access to information? Or what, what information would be deemed, you know, credible or, or correct? Well, I guess, you know, um, just individuals like yourself, you know, guys who are, aren't being, aren't dependent on corporations for, uh, for ads. They're not, they don't have council on foreign relations or CIA people uh, uh, controlling or running their uh, media outlet. You know, that's why the internet is so good because it's, it's a, a free and open exchange of ideas it's not being controlled by a, a small uh, amount of corporations it, it's not being controlled by the council on foreign relations or, or the cia not so yet it, it, it was like you guys you know right yeah the internet's not being controlled not quite yet at least yeah i'm sure people are trying i'm sure people are trying to lock it down for their own uh yeah yeah their own means but so far so far still so good I mean, as podcast, yeah, as podcasters, like we we have the opportunity to have an unfiltered avenue of exchange of information on the internet, which is yeah. something that you can't have in the mainstream news, especially like even if you look at like presidential debates on huge giant topics, they give them thirty seconds to try and debate a topic that could take a week to really get your point across. So I think yeah, yeah like po- like podcast format is like it's definitely a uh, accelerator of thought, in my opinion. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Right on. Um, a really good. Uh, I was reading your your one interview about uh, the JFK assassination. Uh, I really was into that one. Uh, we want to get in that a bit. How did was that a big one for you growing up? And is that what kind of got you down the rabbit hole? Well, I think I went down the rabbit hole when I started um, receiving like alternative newspapers in 1979. Um, but you know that uh, is a big. Uh, conspiracy, I guess, that's really, um, uh, what's the word, very intriguing, you know, all the Kennedy information. I interviewed for my book a guy who was one of Lyndon Johnson's lawyers who says that Lyndon Johnson um, was the mastermind of Kennedy's assassination. And I don't believe that. I believe he was part of it. Uh, but I believe it was more the military industrial complex in the CIA. Yeah, we, and, we, But I think Lyndon Johnson was a part of it. I think he was. A, he was a very crooked guy. He was a lot more crooked than, than people realize. Right. And uh, I think he was a part of it. Well, and he definitely, he really was left with the most to gain in that situation. Yes. Yeah, really. 
yeah, to, to become president and then take take the war in Vietnam, the next step, and all the rest that goes along with that? Yes, he's maybe going to go to prison. He, he was engaged in a bunch of uh, uh, crooked business dealings, and there was a good chance he's going to go to prison. Uh, but, of course, when Kennedy got killed, he stopped the investigation into that. Right. It's convenient. Yeah, then he got cat- lucky enough to deal with all the fallout from the Vietnam War. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lucky him. <laughs> it was uh, no, it was really interesting. I liked uh, the part of the interview where they were, you dug into uh, uh, LBJ's uh, going to a psychiatrist and the concern they had with uh, keeping that information, which what was ever said to them from ever seeming to come out. I mean, which would obviously have some doctor-patient relationships. There'd be and some stuff, privilege there, right? But they—it uh, seemed like they took a little bit of an over-interest in assuring that information was uh, kept privy. Yeah, really. Because after he got out of office, he was in a deep depression. LBJ. I think he lived to like 1973 or something. From got out of office in '68, he was in a deep depression. He went to see a psychiatrist, and uh, this guy I interviewed, his lawyer said that. He probably engaged in a number of murders. Maybe he confessed. You know, maybe that's how he got out of his depression. Because down in Texas, Texas is a, a mean place where they use the gun a lot, you know, to uh, respond and practice to uh, eliminate your political enemies. Right. So, the Wild West. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did I go like this? Yeah. <laughs> Yosemite little, Sam. Yosemite Sam going on. Uh, yeah, it was it was fascinating. I didn't uh, know a lot about that the Texas uh, stuff, and there was deep seated corruption going on there before uh, his term in office. So it was kind of interesting to see that follow up from uh, the time in Texas to the connecting it to uh, those shady past, kind of following him into the office of the White House. Uh, it was I found that very interesting. He took a lot of money under the table, Lyndon Johnson, and. Uh that was another reason that he had to get rid of Kennedy. And maybe Kennedy wasn't going to um, uh, use him as his vice president when he ran in 1964. He's probably going to um, kick him off the ticket. So that's another reason that he... Right. Probably, so I think it shows you how, how corrupt politicians can be. That's, you know, these, God knows what these guys do. Like George Bush, he's the head of the CIA. Right. So in your opinion, what, uh, what do you think hap- what happened to Kennedy? Was it a, a group effort or was it a lone shooter or what, what do you think? What do you think happened? No, I don't think it was a lone shooter. Um, I think it's a left. If you go against the, the political establishment, um, go against the military industrial complex, go against the CIA. Kennedy wasn't listening to these. The CIA and the military industrial complex want to run the president. And so Kennedy, he, he was maybe pulling out of Vietnam. He didn't go attack at the Bay of Pigs. He didn't go attack during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, and that's what these guys wanted. So, uh, plus he he fired Alan Dulles, the head of the CIA. That's like firing uh, you know a mafia Carl Gambino, you know. Guys an assassin. <laughs> so, and then you know a couple of months before the assassination, um, Linda Johnson uh, met with Alan Dulles on his ranch, and he always kept a diary, Linda Johnson. But on the few days that he met with Alan Dulles, about two months before the assassination. He didn't write anything in his diary, so uh, I think something's going on there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Alan Dulles. Alan Dulles was a big, uh, big character. One of the founding members of the CIA. Uh, Alan Dulles was pretty much like they built when they originally built the CIA. I know Braden and me talked about at one point. We talked about Operation Gladio, um, and pretty much the formation of the CIA, which was uh, pretty much a business venture between a lot of capitalists. Um, 
a lot of just really rich, influential people built an intelligence service, which was based off the the infrastructure that was left behind by the German SS. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I think the big businessmen who want to control everything, they, they wanted a way to uh, have an agency in which they could control and they didn't need congressional approval or presidential approval to do whatever they wanted. They want to be the real shadow government that controlled things. I think it's still that way today, and they're they're using all their influence to try to destroy Trump in the media uh, because they they already shot Kennedy, so uh, they can't do that again. It'd be uncouth, I think. So assassinate him in the media, I think. It'd be, there'd be too many camera angles nowadays. Yeah, <laughs> way too many. Yeah, too many camera film phones. would be way better. Yeah, yeah. too many camera phones. It'd be in, it'd be in 4K ultra yeah. slow motion everywhere yeah. nowadays. Yeah, they'd probably make a music video of <laughs> nowadays. One of those TikTok videos. Yeah. yeah, you see it post on Instagram about five seconds after it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be live streamed. Yeah, <laughs> it, It's a definitely interesting book. The other part I loved is uh, we started getting into that. I, I think I knew it before, but I had forgotten when I read the chapter about uh, the JFK was that they had actually found a, a fingerprint matching Mac Wallace on oh, the yeah. rifle. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, found it in the Texas School Book Depository. Yes, That's in the it, Texas you know. School Book Depository, which is a huge like red herring there because uh, that guy was into some shady shit back in the day. So uh, reading that in your book kind of refreshed my memory, and I was like, oh, yeah, that I was like, this, this is that, such an interesting case because of all this all yeah. shit that went on there. So much intrigue to the Kennedy assassination, you know, like, uh, like who, who was there, what mafia members, what... Uh, Military guys were there, you know, you can read up on that and, and uh, read about it forever, I think. So much intrigue to it. So, Doug, I got another question for you. So for someone just jumping off or maybe just finding themselves in uh, getting involved in conspiracies and looking them up and having some fun with them, what do you think is a really good jumping off point for people uh, getting on board? Or uh, what do you think is a good one for people to look into that's got some substance and uh, can get them going down the rabbit hole? I think maybe I'll book. I don't know. Plug <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the go. book. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> nice. All American the way through, word for word. and cover-ups. Yeah. yeah so, uh, a number of people have told me that they feel my book is a good introduction to conspiracy theories. I, like, I don't go that deep, but I go deep enough. But also for somebody who doesn't know about the different conspiracies, I think my book is good. Uh, what else is good? Maybe Jim Walsh's book. He's very good. Um, what, about some, what about some certain cases? Or specific conspiracy. What's your What's your favorite one? Um. Well, I, I think the one most about. is simply like I interviewed G. Edward Griffin about the Federal Reserve, and you know he's a foremost expert on the idea that the Federal Reserve should be abolished. Yeah, and so like, it, it's the banking system itself that wants to control the world, the bankers, and the, they every government borrows money from big banks. They charge too much interest, and there's going to be too much interest and debt, and they release too much money, and that's going to cause inflation. And the way to cure that is what the founding fathers wanted, which was for every government to issue its own money, to stop to stop being a, a slave to these big banks. Yeah. That's what Jim Mars believes, uh, G. Edward Griffin. If a government issued its own money in proper proportion, we wouldn't have debt, we wouldn't have inflation, and we could have a happy economy and a happy society. Maybe Trump will do something about it because he's always criticizing the Federal Reserve. I think, you know, Trump, he has a lot of uh, good instincts. I think if we keep uh, electing presidents who aren't professional politicians like Trump, 
then we maybe have a chance. I hope they have a nicer personality than Trump. I don't know about his personality. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice. It's it is nice to have a a politician in office who has not been lifelong in the pockets of these people. Regardless, yes. of what, doesn't have to be Trump. Just someone someone who realizes that the Federal Reserve is actually just printing their own money and enslaving not just America and Canada, but like pretty much the whole Western world. Like what, what's the world debt now to like the international monetary fund, the world bank, like trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. Well, just the U S government is 22 trillion in debt, you know, yeah. to the world bank. It must be, but this is, you know, the conspiracy theories is these bankers are the ones who want to control the world. They want to uh, bankrupt the world and push everybody into United Nations concentration camps. And if we're going to continue going into debt and inflation, then they might pull it off. But if we, if governments start issuing their own money off the gold standard, on the gold standard, then we can be free from that conspiracy. Yeah, it's currently at $22.9 trillion. That's the American That's just debt. the American. Wow. Uh, the second highest is uh, China at $9.7 trillion. Um, but that's you know that's a distant second. It, it is. It's a weird. It's a weird system to have your government borrow money from a private bank at interest. So no matter what you do, you can never actually climb back out of debt. It's actually it's a genius system put on by the bank. Like yeah, it's, it's the best market. It's the best form of enslavement because everyone's just trying to work for each other and live a happy life, and the controlling body of the one thing we all trade for that happiness is controlled. Like by private people, by private interest. It's it is a it's a crazy system, and every like Western country has us, maybe not quite as private or maybe as corrupt as a Federal Reserve, but all like all Western countries have that central bank, and we're all c- continually going in debt. Like Canada's it's this it's pretty much the same up here. We just have a way let way less like debt ratio. We're we're way less in debt, but still have massive debt on a, and every year goes up by five ten billion dollars. Yeah, I'll tell I'll tell you what Canada's is right now. Canada's uh, debt is uh, one point eight trillion. It's, yeah, it's bananas, man. Peanuts, peanuts. Yeah, well, it's every, peanuts. Everyone, I think if everyone had to pay, everyone have to pay like fucking like forty thousand dollars to pay that back, which we, uh, yeah. we can never do. And then if you if everyone went to the bank to get their money out, they don't have the money to give out anyway. Like you can never get all your cash out of the bank because it doesn't really exist. Yeah, it's all it's all make believe. It's all monopoly money in the. It's at all. The end. It's all. It ba- like invested back in the market at a fraction of well, what we, they got. We don't even hide it here. Ours is the same colors, monopoly money too. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, too. We just, we've embraced it here in Canada. Yeah, yeah you got all, all the colors. It's, uh, it's, it's worth just as much too. So that's good. Yeah, it's one of those crazy systems where it's only powerful because we've given it the power. Well, it's every, everyone agrees on the system of trade, and if the if your government if like that's the system of trade, you can't. I mean, I'm sure there's probably a law like you cannot make your own currency. Like if we created our own currency to trade with each other, it would be illegal. We'd probably go to jail. Got a ban on trading goats. More that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Here, I want to jump in for a second. Ahead, Andrew. Let's go. What's what's so, next? I was actually pretty. I was doing a quick read over about all the experts that you interviewed and stuff like that, and I got pretty excited because I recognized uh, Doctor Moss's name. Um, I had a family member who was uh, diagnosed with stage four cancer. And basically got, you know, okay, we can do chemo, we can do radiation, and we can hopefully prolong our life. You know what I mean? Me being somewhat in the medical field, thought, okay, maybe I can do some research and find out some alternatives. And the first thing that came up when I did any type of alternative reading for cancer treatment was high-dose vitamin C intravenous. Now, 
when I tried to bring that up to the oncologist, I got laughed out of the room, right? Because that's just not, that's not common practice. That's not a thing we do. But, you know, as soon as you go in and look in any type of alternative treatments for cancer, it's high dose vitamin C. And to see here that you have a whole chapter on the suppression of Dr. Pauling and, and his, you know, his research into high dose vitamin C, man, like that to me is just, that's got to be one of the biggest conspiracies out there possible. About, about the treatment for cancers and stuff? Yeah. Well, and just, just the, 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 the proven track record that high dose vitamin C has, like we were buying it from Mexico and I was starting intravenouses on my mom with it because we couldn't get it here. Cause it just was not, it hasn't gone clinical trials or whatever they say. Oh, the right? myo, well, Doug can elaborate on it more than I can, but it, it's, it got completely shit on by the Mayo clinic. Right. Yes, it did. It's like, Actually, the guy who advocated that was a guy named Dr. Linus Pauling, who won the Nobel Prize for chemistry. And he felt high doses of vitamin C can uh, help cancer patients. But uh, at times when he tried to get it tested at the Mayo Clinic, they actually uh, flubbed the tests on purpose. They did the test wrong on purpose, so it didn't work. And then uh, Linus Pauling, he also won the Nobel Peace Prize. He won two Nobel Prizes. He said, everyone should know that the war on cancer is largely a fraud. And so, uh, it's happened a lot of other times, different uh, positive uh, treatments for cancer that get totally suppressed by the medical establishment. I mean, if you believe uh, the Illuminati is in control, then they want us to be sick and want less people so they can uh, put us all in uh, concentration camps and control us. Uh, well, it's just a money-making thing, too. They're making so much money selling chemotherapy that they don't want that to uh, anything to break up those uh, profits. Well, Doug, we, we've talked about, we've had a couple of case files on big pharma and stuff, and we've talked about the, um, the realistic that if there's a market to sell people these drugs, then there's a market to keep people just sick enough that they need to continue to buy these drugs. Because if a drug makes someone cure someone, then they're out of a market. Well, it is as a business, like these giant corporations make their money off selling these drugs as a bit like they're like publicly traded. Many of these companies, it makes no sense for them to try and sell less drugs. Well, there's no, there's no money in prevention and curing. No, it's treating all the money is in treating, right? Like tell me why huge industry we're dumping all this money into cancer research and we're still using the exact same technique as we, we came up with in the 1940s. Like, you know what I mean? Like the only thing that's really changed is targeted radiation. But chemotherapy is still the same shit. Yeah, it's like, it's poison. Kill everything and hopefully you get the cancer. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I interviewed Dr. Ralph Morse about that. He's like maybe the leading authority on alternative treatments for cancer. So I think it's a that's a good interview in my book. There, he he knows a lot about it. Yeah, I read his book, questioning chemotherapy. I bought it. He doesn't believe it's a conspiracy. It's believe that it's just a matter of they have to make money. And the, the way that everybody's dependent on making money now is through chemotherapy. So other people think that, they, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is connected to the big bankers and they position their people to make sure no cures come through because uh, they want to control the world and make a lot of money. So I don't know if it's a conspiracy or it's just a, a, a faulty system. Yeah, definitely. definitely the system's definitely got fault. The, like healthcare for profit doesn't really seem like a humane way to go about it really keep people sick yeah, yeah. does universal health care work in canada or well i mean you could say it works and you could say it doesn't i mean it works it works well i mean it works if you're sick you're gonna get help Here, here's the i'll i'll weigh in on that 
if I, I, I blew my knee out a couple years ago and that was all paid for to get fixed. Uh, I was completely covered and I don't make enough money and I definitely didn't make enough money at the time to have afforded that as a private surgery. I couldn't have done it. I would have had to walk around with a bum knee. Right. Cause if I, if I didn't have insurance or something, I couldn't, have, I couldn't have paid the cost to have that surgery done privately. So that was completely covered, uh, by my, by universal healthcare. Um, there was a little bit of a wait, but I mean, at the end of the day, I didn't pay for nothing. No, I mean, you, and we, you pay in every month to the, to the system. And the only problem with having, I think, universal health care is some people will abuse and they'll go to the doctor for, I mean, and, Andrew would, could attest to that, that people will call or go to the doctor for stuff that you should probably stay home and just wait a few days. Weather the storm. <laughs> and I think, I think it's that, it's that, it's that knowing that, oh, it's like, we've already paid for it. It's free. We should just go. That kind of like puts a lot of strain on the system and in some cases can increase wait times in emergency rooms and stuff. But well, and that's a, like and like put it in perspective, wait times in emergency room. You go into Vancouver General Hospital, which is one of the bigger cities in British Columbia. And on an average night, you're waiting four and a half hours to see a doctor. And that's that's if your life's not in danger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if you're going in and just seeking any, if you need some minor stitches, you're getting put to the back of the line. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and like you look right at back. the hospitals and clinics and stuff like that, like you compare them to the private clinics in the States and you, they look like just like crack shacks. It's <laughs> hilarious. But the, the thing is, though, it's I always attribute it. It's not like I don't need the, medic, the, the medicine all the time. I don't need to go to the hospital all the time. It's been there when I need it. And there's people out there that aren't nearly as fortunate as me and to – you know, to be in the situation I'm in and that, and they need it and they shouldn't have to worry about that. They shouldn't have to be like, is this going to cost me my entire savings to get fixed? But is there, is it a perfect system? No, but Def- it's like, it's is, definitely a system. There's I probably support. no such thing as a perfect system, but yeah, it's a, uh, I, I don't, I don't want universal like uh access to medication though, because I think that that leads to a, uh, a little bit of influence from big pharma to, you know, if it's free for Canadians or it's included, then I think you'd see a lot more people taking Oxycontin and the rest of those drugs. If it was all, if that was included under universal healthcare, but. Uh, yeah, 1.8 trillion in debt though. I don't know. <laughs> well, better than 22. <laughs> <laughs> and we got access to healthcare. Yeah. We'll pay, we can pay that back eventually. Only people live in Canada. Uh, less than living, less than that live in California. <laughs> yeah. uh, Thirty-two million, I think, is the is the running total. That might right be now. a little more, but it's hard to tell. Thirty-two, thirty-three. Not a, not a ton for a for a large nation. Well, we had a little bit of an influx when Trump got voted in. Yeah, we yeah. had a, had the Google Google search re- results went way up for Canadian immigration. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're building an ice wall. Ice wall up here. <laughs> Trump in Canada generally. He's not, I'd, I'd say generally he's probably not well. He's not well received. Well received. We'll, we'll leave it at that. I think. I'll say uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of him. I wasn't a big fan when he was a celebrity. Uh, yeah, I did exactly. Uh, and I was like, I'm not a big fan of him now. I was like, just release your tax returns. Like, what? What's just a hide? I was like, he's always saying something ridiculous. I'm like, it's 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 a it's exactly. What everyone wants. It's a it's a circus show right now, right? You got he he's always in the headlines. The news just loves him. You know, some people say he's just baiting them. Some people say he's trolling them. 
Some people think he's stupid. Whatever it is, I was like, it's not good for anyone. The circus that's going on right now is not good for either side, I believe. But I, again, we're a long way f- removed from your guys' yeah, we're political not, we're system. Not, we're not so. a very political show either. We don't really. Uh, I mean, Dan would. Dan follows the most by far up here. But. You know, I'm sure it's something that we need, not a professional politician. You know, for all. You know, most politicians are put in there by the same cabal of, uh, of uh, think tanks like the Council on Foreign Relations and Wall Street. And so Trump's a part of that. You know, the economy in America is better than it's been in 50 years. Employment is better than it's been in 50 years. So in a way, he's uh, going against the political establishment and fixing things for the people as much as an idiot and an asshole his personality is, you know? Yeah, I just I, I I still think it for me. I'm like, yeah, if there's 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 probably pros and cons, and I'm sure everyone could write a list. Uh, I just think it doesn't matter. I was like, we're getting into this era of where celebrity and being popular is the reason you're getting elected. I don't think that should be a thing. I was like, you shouldn't be able to levy your popularity from reality TV and um, running your dad's businesses and turn that into a successful campaign where you're running the most powerful country in the world Uh, like i get it i get it you're it's a it's a popular vote and stuff but it was like it would be refreshing to see people who didn't want it (laughs) get it like it's just a very interesting thing for me a very interesting political politics in general uh that that's how they work it's a it's a popularity contest he's he's exposing the conspiracies you know like he said that uh uh, Obama might not be a natural citizen. That's uh, initially got what he got got him really popular, and I think that might be true. And uh, he's a product of uh, uh, Alex Jones, and I think Alex Jones is a populist, and I think a lot of the conspiracy theories are right. Uh, what do you guys think of Alex Jones? <laughs> I think he's a great secondary character on Joe Rogan. Oh yeah. my god, that was amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a uh, he 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 gets a little too. He acts like a crazy man. Yeah, he he gets a little too crazy, and he gets way too in into it. And instead of giving the information out that is needed in a, like a, this is the information clear that, and concise, here, clear yeah. and concise. Here's the facts. Here's where you can look yourself. He just like three o'clock, yeah. three coke fueled rants. <laughs> As long, like, yeah, I'm not saying he does drugs, but I'm like, that's what I appear. I'm like, this is like, it's hard to listen to him. Sometimes. I mean, he, he has, he obviously knows a ton of what he's into. Like if you listen to him talk, he can spout idea after idea for like four hours straight without stopping, which is very impressive. He just never really explains. It doesn't explain it very well to me. Like I know, sucks acting crazy. I don't know why he sucks acting like a lunatic. I, I don't know why he does that, but I think he knows. He's pretty smart about it. I think wow. he. I think I know why he does it. I was like, it gets him ratings and people come into the thing. It's. I was like, if if I did that once and we got way more views, I'd probably keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, but he like at the beginning, he really he, he was knew, really yeah. into some incredible stuff like with Bohemian Grove and stuff like that. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, well, I'm a conspiracy theorist, so I think he he knows a lot about. Uh, of important stuff like just the fact that there's this agenda to have a big brother government i mean i think that the main thing that alex jones is um is warning us about as, as crazy as he acts he acts like a nut i don't know why he acts that way but i think his politics are right because you know the, the main conspiracy is that the uh the we're eventually going to have to all move into united nations uh 
concentration camps because otherwise global warming is going to kill us all. And this is uh, what um, is the main political um, force behind the world, really, uh, because the the big banks and the Council on Foreign Relations control everything, and that's what eventually they want to have. And uh, I think Alex Jones is against that, as nutty as he acts. And I think Donald Trump is, is against that, as big a jerk as he can be also. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with... When, as soon as you start to get that big in this kind of space, in like a conspiracy space, I'm sure there's, for every one person that wants to leak information to you, there's nine people leaking bullshit information and false information to you. So I can imagine it gets very hard to wade through what's true and what's not. And that's that's my issue with when these shows on conspiracy, and we fucking love conspiracies here. But that's my biggest issue is I'm like, when people are going to these people and giving them this information. I'm like, there are, these people are also huge targets for misinformation. Yeah. Because if you want, if you want a conspiracy theorist to go on something, you give him some information. He gives it to all his people. Next thing you know, they're preaching it like gospel, right? It's, 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 it can be a tool for both sides. And I'm not saying that he's wrong about everything. I'm just saying it'd be very easy to give someone just enough leads to run with it, especially a guy like that. And he's got such a huge global audience now. I think he, he's pretty good at determining what's um, what's true and what's not true, as nutty as he acts. But and also, um, you know, uh, that's I interviewed Jim Mars about the New World Order and the Big Brother government. Jim Mars was like the most famous conspiracy theory author in the world. He died in August 2017, and so you know, the proof that there's this conspiracy to have a world government is the Agenda 21 plan of the United Nations. They say eventually global warming is going to get so bad. We have to move into United Nations facilities, be controlled by the UN police force, not use cars, not use air conditioning. Well, I, I personally think global warming might be uh, nonsense to, to get us to accept the Agenda 21. Jim Marsh thought that also. And I think this is the main thing that Alex Jones is warning against. As nutty as he acts, I think he, uh, he's got a lot of stuff right. Where, where, like, where would these... Where would these like I've heard this conspiracy before, like the Agenda Twenty One and the camp. What 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 is like? What do people think are these going to be these concentration camps? <laughs> are they going to be like purpose built cities? Or are they going to like retrofit metro like metropolis areas to house people like yeah. in a giant wall? Or what what's uh, what's the conspiracy there? I think they're already building. They're building uh, United Nations uh, concentration camps, and uh, you know. I guess the big theory of conspiracy theorists is that eventually the economy is going to go so bad that uh, uh, we're going to have a, a depression worse in the 1930s, and then we're all going to have to move into these United Nations living facilities, and that's going to lead to Big Brother on the world government. But I think they're already building the, these uh, facilities around uh, in different cities. And uh, you, know, you can go on the UN's uh, website and you can read about Agenda 21, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's it's a plan that they so, have. So, um, so for them to purposely crash the economy and stuff, is this this is going to be after? Um, like, is is this now the high point since the U.S.'s economy has been better than it has in fifty years? Are we are we at like the high point, and then it's going to come crashing down? Well, it's better because Trump is in office and he's doing the right thing. He's, Trump. The reason is Trump is not a part of the establishment. So he is uh, fixing it so jobs are coming back to America. So that's why the economy is good. The establishment, the new world order, is no longer in control. Trump is in control as much as an idiot his personality is. And he's fixing the economy. 
So he's only so saying he does get reelected. That's another four years. Will they just wait it out? No, they're trying to impeach him. They're trying to get rid of him in any way they can. I don't think they could shoot him in the street because they already did that to the Kennedys. You know, beyond Kuth. So is he? Is well, is Trump going to pull like a coup or something, and then and stay in to fight the the new world order? Is like what? What do you think is going to happen? Ideally, like what would be ideal setup for him to combat the the UN the UN's agenda? The idea would be that he gets to stay in office, and he, you know he made that great speech at the UN recently about how you know uh, the future is for patriots, not for globalists. It was a really great speech. You know the media doesn't give him enough credit. Um, and so, yeah, if he can stay in and do the things he's doing, he's uh, trying to take power away from the, the uh, you know, the, the, the free trade agreements that allow corporations to move overseas. So uh, all the jobs go overseas. He's trying to say we're not going to be part of the United Nations. I hope he can stay in for another four years, and I hope we can elect more anti-globalists like him and hopefully uh, defeat the new world order. I hope the next guy who comes in isn't as much has a, as a stupid personality as Trump. He acts, he acts like a seventh grade bully, insults people, you know. I ho- hope the next guy has a better personality. Now, I'm, I'm just going to jump into one thing, and it, it's just a sticking point for me, and we, we can all disagree. That's the great thing about conspiracies and stuff. Uh, the one thing I f- disagree with, because I've seen the change with my own eyes, is when people say that they think the global warming or just... In, climate change is not real and maybe it's being fabricated. The ocean is acidifying so fast that it's killing coral reef. And I've dived at like world famous dive sites in Thailand. And I've been back to those same dive sites five years later and they're barren wastelands. All the once thriving coral is gone. The great barrier reef is disappearing at the craziest rate it's ever been before because of ocean acidification. And ocean, and, well, and ocean temperature too. And if it if it gets to a boiling point, we're going to if it gets to a certain point, we're just gonna it's gonna destroy all the like the whole ocean. Well, you're talking about a total. Habitat. You're talking about a total ecosystem collapse. Yeah, right, and that right? and that any big extinction level event we've ever seen has been it, involved with the oceans dying, and we're seeing that at an alarming rate right now. And I've seen it with my own eyes. Is it enough that it's going to kill us all? I don't know. Well, here's the thing is like plankton is the biggest source of our oxygen. People say the Amazon's the lungs of the earth, but it's the ocean. The oceans are the lungs. That's where the, we get the most oxygen. Yeah. So if we kill the ocean, not only do we kill, soon everything will follow that. Because think about how much we sustain ourselves with fish. And even if we just wipe out plankton, the amount of stuff in the ocean that lives off plankton is everything. And the amount of thing bears, like we, if we, if you we can, take, you can follow it all the way up. You follow yeah. everything, everything. If the ocean, if the ocean goes and I think everything follows. Yeah. And I, we're, it's, we're just seeing it with overfishing and, and that. So when people say like, Oh, climate change, I don't think it's real. It's like, well, we can, we can track it. You can see it tracked. You can go and look at pictures of the same shots of coral reef where it was once thriving and now it's completely calcified. Dude. It, yeah. If, even if we, say human caused CO2 emissions from fossil fuels is not related to anything to do with climate change. Just throw it out. Humans interfering in the natural balance of the world is actual is like, that's way more devastating. I think like we're not, we're not only just adding a bunch of shit to the atmosphere. We're actually just taking away the living planet. Like we're actually 
we're we're taking the balance off. So even if you were to say like we have no change in the global warming or the climate change, you can easily like undoubtedly say we are like destroying whole ecosystems with the use of our technology. Like that's I don't and I don't think like that's too far of the question. A lot of scientists, very uh, uh, respected scientists, who say, you know, the world isn't going to end. But, you know, there's something to what you're saying that, no, you know, that's we're true. doing some stuff, you know. What, but maybe they should be open minded. They should look into both sides of the argument. But here's the thing I, I, I don't think the world's going to end. The world's either. not an end, no. But how we're living right now in this realm of, you know, of just, just whatever you want you can have would change drastically and it, i think it would be a very difficult world to live in if we wipe out that amount of living creatures on this earth yeah i mean it's a it's a slow build like they've been saying it since the 70s like in our lifetime maybe we won't see much but in the next you know five six generations a lot of people you can't really see that far so it's kind of hard i i like to i like to err on the side of caution when it, ta- when it I comes, always, I, comes yes, to this that's exactly right because i'm like if you know if we turn green and these people who you know were, are called alarmists and stuff if we go with them we have green energy and maybe we're wrong about climate change well okay well we switched to green energy we have now <sighs> renewable energy but if we don't listen to them at all if we just ignore them and say no that's all bullshit then it's either we're wrong or we're dead <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it is, it's a very, it's a very complicated thing, and none of us are real climate yeah. scientists, so it's kind of hard to really go with it. Andrew, you, you wanted to say something there, or what? Hmm? Well, I thought you. I were, was covering you uh, on. Oh, he's covering. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I, I want to ask you something. Uh, this one of, uh, this is the thing that really got me down the rabbit hole, and that's uh, the events surrounding September eleventh, two thousand one. What, uh, what is your take? What? What uh? Give us a summary. What do you think? What happened? Like what? What really went down? Was there foreknowledge? Did they know? Did they? Did the government actually take part? What? What? What happened? I yeah. I, I think they probably knew the neocons that controlling the Bush White House. Um. Uh. I interviewed David Ray Griffin about that for my book, and he's like the foremost expert on that. He's written like ten books. I think he sold two hundred thousand copies. It might be one of his last interviews because he. He's like 83 years old. He broke his hip. So I don't know if he's going to do any more interviews. But, you know, um, I think they knew about it because they need a reason to um, to uh, take over the Middle East. They want to take over the Middle East. They want The neocons want uh, military control. And so it might be also they need to protect Israel over there, too. Um, but, you know, a lot of people would say that, you know, if you think 9-11 was an inside job, you're, you're crazy or irrational. But some of the most uh, foremost experts on uh, 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 military, high-ranking military officials, CIA officials, they believe uh, 9-11 was an inside job. If you go to, uh, uh, what's that website? PatriotsQuestion911.com, you can see so many high-ranking uh, generals, CIA officials think that it was an inside job. So, you know, you, uh, you know, very well could have been, you know? Uh, we we actually had Mike Berger on of 9-11 Truth. Uh, we do a September 11th show every year. Um, yeah, it's 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 a really good one. That one because it's that happened in my lifetime and it was one of world changing event. World changing event and uh, very interesting to see. Uh, I, I definitely agree. It was a way for them to get into uh, the Middle East. We've always got into the um, 
did they know it was going to happen and not act or did they put the pieces in place so it would f- kind of fall apart that way? Um, as in, did they know that Al Qaeda was infiltrating and they didn't act or they, uh, they had enough misinformation going around that they couldn't act? Um, because it seems with everything we've done and the people we've interviewed and stuff, it seems like they had an idea that these, they wanted to do this. People, people knew something. They wanted to um, do. They were even planning the. They were doing the the training missions that day, same day of the um, hijacked airliners being flown into buildings. Oh, and they had they had plans for the new American Century before September 11th that said like they're going to invade seven countries within 12 years in the Middle East. Like that was all done before the events. So it's it's that's why it's so easy to make the jump that this was a pre-orchestrated, coordinated like event to infiltrate an entire region of the earth for mint. Well, you got there. Say some people call it like a holy war or some people just call it a resource war. Either way, <laughs> it seemed like people knew before they had written about it. The Patriot act was already, it must've been already written because it came out so quickly after and it passed so quick. Like it, it seemed like a very, uh, coordinated effort. Uh, there was a, uh, a paper. You probably, you guys probably know this written uh, by one of the uh, neocon uh, think tanks. They said, we want to take control of the Middle East. We want to remove Saddam Hussein. And the only way we can do that is if there's another Pearl Harbor. That's yeah. what it said in the paper. And uh, so many of the guys who worked in the Bush White House uh, signed that paper, you know? It's, like, it's almost like a smoking gun there, you it's, know? It's funny now because, I mean, Bush, the amount of heat Bu- I, like Bush was taking during his time, and I was like, I was like, I think we can all agree that like Cheney was running a lot more of the show than I think anyone knew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it, it's tough to say, but that what we always love that conspiracy. I mean, we talk about it every year now. I- yeah. What well, on the morning of nine 11, when the, the planes already hit the world trade center and they knew another plane was heading towards the Pentagon and some eight of Cheney's came down to the bottom of the white house, kept telling them that the plane's getting closer, the plane's getting closer. And he goes, do the orders still stand? And Cheney turned around and yelled at him, yes, the orders still stand. He was apparently telling him not to shoot down the plane. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah, I think Mike Berger talked about that. Actually. Yeah. I think we actually played the clip on the podcast about that. Wow. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't mentioned by the 9-11 Commission, which was run by a guy who worked for Bush, the 9-11 Commission. They, they never mentioned Trade Center Building 7 really either in that a whole yeah. other thing, right? Yeah. Let's... That's 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 a, that for me because I don't know if you're familiar with that the study that just came out of University of Fairbanks Alaska about them analyzing the actual collapse of the tower and pitting it against the NIST report and if you yeah. watch the, watch the NIST video of the collapse of the tower the one the rendering of their model it shows the building like collapse and fall and it pulls one wall over on itself and it all falls to the side but then if you put that to the actual video of the collapse it does it doesn't even match up. So then, so then this report came out and said, like, there's no way it could have happened how NIST said it unless, like, 14 columns, not just one, failed at the same time. So it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you saw the, the most uh, prestigious architects and engineers say that, that it couldn't have happened the way the government said. There had to be bombs inside the building. Plus, plenty of people uh, said they heard bombs. Plus, one professor found thermite, which is the... Uh, the chemical in bombs there. It, it's like 
so obvious what happened, it seems. Yeah, yeah, they they found thermite, but they actually think it was like a nanothermite, like a military grade thermite or thermate, something way more explosive and incendiary than just normal like thermite. But either way, like the events of that day are just it's it's insane. It's it's crazy, and I, I can never, no matter how much I've tried to, I just try to go down the debunking train on myself and be like, man, you're just a you're a nut, you're a nut for thinking this stuff. And every time I look, I'm like, well, I can't. Some stuff, I'm like, okay, well, I could be wrong about that. But what about this? This is so blatantly, obviously not the right story. How can how can you go about it? You know, my book, my first interview was about the first Pearl Harbor. Uh, that's my first interview uh, about the evidence that Franklin Roosevelt knew uh, World, uh, Pearl Harbor was going to be attacked. And then as it happened, my last interview was about um, uh, the evidence that Bush and that administration knew or arranged for uh, – 9-11 to happen. I didn't plan it that way, but that's that's how my book ended up there. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got I got one more question. Um, you know, Donald Trump, when he came in, he said he was going to release uh, a lot of the uh, JFK documents. Uh, he kind of took a quick 180, released a whole bunch of uh, redacted documents, and then said that uh, for national security, a lot couldn't be released. Uh, if he's that involved with conspiracies, do you think what's in those reports could hurt America that bad that even him who's a supporter, a said supporter of, uh, you know, the conspiracy the world couldn't release that because it was going to be that damning. Was it his decision not to release them? Well, he, no. annou- he announced it. So unless it wasn't his decision, he sure made it seem like his. Well, you know, I don't know why he would have done that. I, yeah, that, that's a good question. You know, I, I'm not sure. I don't know how to answer it. And every, everything yeah. else, everything yeah. else he redact, uh, released was heavily, heavily redacted. Uh, so it wasn't quite the release we were all hoping for at the time. Not all the people are dead yet. I, that's very true. <laughs> when they're all when they all pass, then it will be re- un, it'll be uh, unredacted. Is that a word? Unredacted? Yeah. Well, sure. Unredacted. Though unredacted. It is now. <laughs> it is now. Um, we're approaching an hour. So any uh, what, uh, what any more questions we want to want to ask? Uh, Doug, why don't you pump where you, where people can buy your book? Uh, where they can find more information about you, and more importantly, are, are you working on what? What? What's next? What are you working on next? Well, I might do American Conspiracies and Corrupts Volume Two. You know, do some more interviews. Uh, I'm thinking about that. And um, my my website is AmericanConspiraciesAndCoverups.com, and you got to put a slash between covering ups. And I got some experts uh, excerpts from the book there. I got some really good pictures of everybody I interviewed. Oh, there we go. And uh, then I got some links right to my Amazon page. I think it's a good website. It's a fun website. But I just want to know, is the guy from Virginia, is he part of the Illuminati? He's wearing an Illuminati symbol on his hat. <laughs> that's uh, that's actually our podcast that's symbol. Our podcast logo. It's a little, uh, from there, it's a little alien uh, abducting a man. But from your vantage point, it probably looks just like a triangle, but it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not Illuminati. Close, but not. Part of the conspiracy. Good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So thanks again, Doug. Doug was nice enough to give us a copy of his book to raffle off for all of our fans. So if you are a $10 supporter or higher next month, we're starting a raffle. So you are going to get a copy of American conspiracies and cover-ups and a limited edition alien theorist theorizing hoodie. Whoa. Uh, if you win the raffle, if you, if you win, win the raffle, the raffle uh, <laughs> in the $10 uh, category or more on Patreon, uh, you can find Doug's, uh, book on Amazon. Uh, Doug, you got any social media or anything? Um, Twitter, U.S. Uh, conspiracies. Uh, yeah, that's it. U.S. slash conspiracy. Yeah, I got a good Twitter page. I'm trying to set up 
Instagram and uh, Facebook. You guys on Instagram? You got a Facebook here? I found your Facebook. Yeah, you got there it. it is. I haven't been working it. I got to work it. Yeah, yeah working uh, work more. You can go shoot Doug questions there. Uh, Doug, thanks again for coming on. Thanks again for sending us a book. Uh, we loved it. We were perusing it all week. Uh, Thank thanks you. a lot, man. Yeah, as you said, it's a great it's a great introduction to uh, if you've never looked into any conspiracies, even if even if you would are hard nosed and you said I'm never going to believe nothing. It's good to read all the stuff because you've interviewed the people who've actually put in the work. You've interviewed all the people from all the different walks of conspiracies, and I yeah. think I think it's a really good summary. Even if even if just just a little teaser, if you've never read them before, I think uh, it's a hi- highly rec- recommended. Yeah, it's a, the interviews, so they read fast. You know, I think it's yeah. fun to. Yeah. Uh, uh, thanks a lot, guys. It's great. Yeah, thanks, brother. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Keep fighting. All right. How do we? Uh, you want to go straight into some after hours? Well, let's um, first. Let's like. Uh, all right. Yeah. Thanks, thanks brother. Can I send you an email sometime? I gotta ask you something. Yeah, send us an email you, anytime. You can ask us now. We're yeah, off. Yeah, we're, we're, still, we're still on. We're still on. Oh, if are we? Want. Oh. But I. I um, no, do you guys know Donald Jeffries? He's like one of the most famous conspiracy theory authors. I was wondering if maybe you want to interview him. He's uh, sort of a friend of mine. Uh, but yeah. I'm going to send you an email. Yeah, sure. Send Donald us an email. We're, we're, yeah. we're, in, we're, we're doing more and more interviews. So, yeah, we'd love to have him on. Put us in contact and uh, we'd love to have him on. Okay. Uh, I actually got to go run because I lost my cell phone. So. No worries, man. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Take care, Doug.